Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. I'm Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with me here as we're going to spend the next hour talking all things fantasy sports. Of course, you can always get a hold of us. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. Also, the old email if you want to go that way. Connor at Sports1440.ca. Brandon at sports1440.ca and on the good old Twitter machine. There's lots of accounts you can give us a follow at Fantasy Frenzy AM at sports1440 at Connor Halley and at B underscore A underscore D 1727. Brandon, good morning. We're on a little bit early here today. The people said they want more Fantasy Frenzy. Well, you got it. One more minute. Every minute counts in this business, right, Connor? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kevin wrapped up uh, a little earlier than I'd expected. And uh, my update, very short, because only four games in Major League Baseball today. So that's a small uh, a small slate as we yeah. get into the home stretch of baseball season. 100%. The Jays off today. They'll kick off a series with the Yankees tomorrow. Then it's the Rays, I believe, after that. And then it's, hopefully, if you're a Jays fan, playoff baseball. Uh, what, two games up now? In the for the final wild cards, they're t- they're two and a half up on Seattle, who's the first team on the outside, but they're two full games clear of Houston for wild card spot number two. Just win, baby. Just win. That's all you got to do. The it's all in your hands. Don't collapse. Oh man, nerves at an all time high for baseball fans. It's gonna be a fun week coming up uh, on the show today. We are gonna get to our fantasy wizard in about twenty minutes time. Paul Kelly of Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can always follow him on Twitter at Paul Kelly Tweets. And uh, we're going to talk to him about all sorts of things. Uh, if you are a Mike Williams fantasy owner, what do you do? Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston, elsewhere? My heart is aching for Mike Williams. That was a, a tough play to see him go down when he left the field with the towel over his head. Kind of had a, an inkling that it wasn't going to be a good one uh, for Adam or, uh, Camara. Adam. Adam Kamara, you know, Alvin's what? brother. He used to work at uh, the old building with us. So, uh, Adam, if you're listening, shout out. But yes, Alvin Kamara. Um, he's he's a very intriguing one. I mean, he kind of dropped off last year, fantasy wise. He he was really good back in the day with Sean Payton as the head coach and play caller. We'll we'll talk to Paul and see what he thinks about Kamara and his return. And maybe other waiver wire options for you, uh, Brandon. How how did your leagues go? Yesterday, how are you sit going sitting into Monday night football tonight? Very, very well, Connor. I'm oh, uh, pr- primed to have a couple more wins under my belt, and uh, pro- maybe the high scoring team in my one league for the week. Uh, and all of this with uh, in my dynasty league, where I might be the high scoring team. Uh, Devon A Chain on my bench as yeah. my first drafted rookie. Didn't really <laughs> quite expect him to pop off quite yet, but fifty one points on the bench this week for me and still should come away with probably a comfortable comfortable victory as long as you're likely going to win then you can laugh at that but there's certainly I've been a lot of people in those deeper leagues that had a chain and just thinking why why did it have to happen this week uh what a performance by the Miami Dolphins I it worries me though because I don't know if you can count on them to do that consistently like a chain's probably not going to be a starter every week for you but my gosh, they just laid the boots to the Denver Broncos, and they did that without Jalen Waddle, who is a ridiculous talent at wide receiver. That was an absolute beatdown. Uh, if you're a Broncos fan, at least it was over by the end of the first quarter, and you didn't have to stress it, uh, Brandon, my leagues. Uh, not quite so good. Um, one league, Trevor Lawrence, I, I, I folded. I said, you know what, Joe, 
Burrow can't trust you. You're going on the bench. Put in Trevor Lawrence against your Houston Texans, who I thought was Stingley out of the lineup, would probably go off. Landed me a mere 16 points. I also had Calvin Ridley. Was hoping they'd connect for one touchdown. Couldn't do it. Uh, C.D. Lamb did nothing for me. Tyler Lockett's probably going to find his way on my bench. Kyle Pitts. That's what I get for believing in Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, it was a tough week league for me, or tough week for me in both my leagues, but uh, the Chargers won, so I'm definitely going to be happy about that one. Uh, we just got to look at your Houston Texans a little bit too, right? I mean, you got a couple of young players on there making plays when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, it was a surprisingly positive day uh, for the Texans and their players, fantasy owners, including myself, a proud owner of Tank Dell in both leagues. Um, CJ Stroud is my one quarterback in the Superflex, uh, uh, despite, you know, pretty low expectations, I guess, of what he could do in a, in a on a team with offensive line injured, rookie quarterback, bad team. He's really impressed, and I think uh, through three games now, uh, third all-time for most passing yards through three games, tailing uh, Justin Herbert and one other name who eludes me at the moment. I've seen it on Twitter this morning, but probably a very big name, of course. Um, and that has some Bears fans feeling good because the Bears were another team that despite a bad start, I thought they can't be as bad as we've seen. 12.5 points, that's a lot. I had them to cover. They did not even come close. But the <laughs> Texans' money line bet, they've owned the Jags, and uh, I was all over that one yesterday. That, that one threw me off a little bit. Like, you, I mean, it's the NFL, right? So there's no locks. There's no guarantees. Um, but, man, I, I, I thought Trevor Lawrence would have a better performance. Now, now I'm left scratching my head in my one league. Like, we'll see what Joe Burrow does. I'm assuming he's going to play tonight. He's going to probably bounce back and be fantastic since I had him on my bench. But... We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, send in your questions, your comments to one 401 I do want to mention our Survivor League that a bunch of you joined. There was just a little issue with it where when it, when I signed up, it looked like it was free, said said it was free, and then we got to week three, and now they're, uh, they're wanting some money. So for those of you in the Survivor Football League, we'll have that all worked out very quickly. It just says it's locked right now. So we're going to make the payment. We're going to get the league going again. And uh, for those of you who are still in it, good luck going forward. I think there's going to be a lot of you that dropped off because of the Jaguars and the Texans game, because of the Dallas Cowboys falling to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that was a, a surprising one for sure. I think a lot of us thought, okay, the Cowboys still have the second half to get into this one. They'll find a way to do it, just like you know, other teams against the Cardinals have, but didn't quite go that way. Uh, Imitation Tom texting in here. I keep getting burned by Tua. I've benched him twice, and he's had two historic performances. At least I had Watson who played well, but still. Tua is glued to the spot now. That being said, I roll into week four of my inaugural fantasy football season, 3-0, LFG. Yeah, I mean, Tua Tungvaluwa has to be a starter at any point. I mean, going into even last year, even when the offense, you know, wasn't at the historic rate that it's at right now, the receivers that Tua has are just too good. The weapons that he has and his head coach, McDaniels, too good. Like, they just they put him in such good positions. The stat last year, and it was when Waddle and Tyree Kill make a reception, they have the most separation in the league, and it was by, like, a solid yard. Like, they just scheme it up. Those guys are so fast. It's hitting wide open targets, and then those guys just make plays after the fact because they're so fast you can't catch them. doesn't matter if it's a ball 40 yards downfield, a screen, a quick slant, a drag, whatever it might be. You just get the ball in their hands, and they make plays, and uh, Tua's getting the job done. So, yeah, lock him into that starting spot for sure. 
We got uh, Lance sending in a picture. Oh, <laughs> it really doesn't do its service when we tell you what the picture is, but imagine like a grade one, congratulations, you passed. Congratulations, presented to Josh McDaniels for turning a one-score game into a one-score game. You did it. Yeah, uh, that was a very confusing I guess if you're Josh McDaniels, I mean, you watched the game last night, right? They're down. Unfortunately, I feel like I lost like value of my life watching that. But they're down eight points. They need a touchdown and a conversion. They're on the nine yard line. Like they're marching. They're inside the ten, and they settle for the three points. Now, I, I guess McDaniel's in his twisted mind, it was like we kick the field goal here, a touchdown wins it. Uh, if we Go for it on fourth down and miss it. We have to get the stop anyways, but the touchdown, we still need two-point conversion. We could still lose. So maybe we take the points here. We get the stop like we'd need to anyways and go from there. I don't know. It, it seems weird from that point on the field. You, If you don't convert on fourth down, you still have them pinned inside their own 10. Like the field position's there. You kick the field goal, you're still opening it up for a return. The ball in the 25, like... It was very confusing if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan or just a pundit of football. It, it it made no sense. And it, like I said, you can, if you really want to, you can like work backwards and talk your way into understanding uh, McDaniel's logic here. <laughs> you have but, to. But it's not good logic no matter how you cut it. And, and this, this great picture Lance sent us is perfect. It's like, you, good, good job. You scored to turn a one-score game into a one-score game. Like that is, what purpose did you serve there? And you still had a chance, like, you get gifted that penalty. And yes, it was. I mean, you got gifted the rough in the passer penalty earlier, yeah. which is fine. But then you get the fortuitous call on the first time you were going to kick a field goal for a reason <laughs> that didn't make any sense. And then you, you're right in there. Like, you're in the red zone. You got a chance. And you kick another field goal. It, it made no sense. The Raiders are a bad team. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good coach. Um the only thing I'd like to see is uh, Josh Jacobs kind of get going. He ended up with 90 all-purpose yards, but it sure didn't seem that way. They were all just like nothing really busted off for a big run like we've seen him do. Uh, not finding pay dirt yet. Like uh, that's going to happen, I guess, when you when you miss out on training camp. You don't kind of get full into rhythm. But the yeah. only real uh, fantasy option right now on the Raiders is Devontae Adams because he gets the ball every second pass, uh, if not more often, which is great. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders looking like they're going to be really duking it out with the the Broncos for last place in that division. My favorite tweet series about, you know, what was going on with McDaniel's decision to kick was Mina Kimes at 9-16. Steelers just bailed McDaniel out of an insane field goal. Two minutes later, all caps. This man can't be serious. <laughs> like, he just it was like, why are you taking the points? Go for, go for six, you know. Then a field goal could win it. You know, either way, you need to stop. You've got a chance. Uh, he loves field goals. He loves, hey, the Iceman, Carlson. He's a great kicker. You love him in fantasy, but yeah, it was certainly certainly a, a, an interesting decision, to say the least. Uh, we've got a text in here from St. Albert Kevin. Would you add Palmer or target any running backs? Uh, we got to look at his roster here. And would, it, would you possibly drop, or should I make a trade to improve? Uh, looking through his team here, he's got Brock, Purdy starting, Prada, Gus Edwards, Slayton, Higgins, Laporta, Boyd at the flex. Two Bengals receivers. Interesting. Uh, Sam Laporta, we told you. We told you. We Me and Kevin <laughs> talked about it a little bit this morning, too. <laughs> we said to go for it. Uh, he's got Saquon, Kareem Hunt on the bench with Brandon Ayuk, Hunter Henry in the Saints defense. Yeah, some injuries. I, I just closed our text line, so I'll bring it back up here. But 
The Josh Palmer, I think that would be a good add if he's available in your league. Mike Williams done for the year. Uh, Justin Herbert and Josh Palmer work together a lot after practice, uh, trying to get the the chemistry down. They've been doing that for a couple of years now. So I think Josh Palmer would be a good add. I think a lot of people are going to lean to Quinton Johnson just because he was taken in the first round, and there's kind of that upside. But Josh Palmer, good route runner, good size, typically solid hands. I know he had the fumble yesterday. I, I think he's someone that Justin Herbert and the offense really likes. So if you are looking to add because you had Mike Williams, I don't think Josh Palmer is a bad option. No, yeah, if he's still available in your league, which I, depending on the yeah. depth, that uh, he might already be taken. If In that case, I think if, if you're a Mike Williams owner, yeah, getting after um, Quentin Johnston is, is worthwhile. But I do like Palmer over Johnston for the fact that he's been there longer, has a little more rapport already, and uh, a rookie receiver. Um, it's always going to be up and down. He might go off for big games, but I think Palmer will be the more reliable target here moving forward for uh, Herbert and the rest of the Chargers offense. Yeah, he, he uh, Quinton Johnson was having a little bit more separation in his routes, like he was open at certain times. But obviously, that's going against a you know a slot corner, someone a little further down the depth chart. When he takes on a, a starting corner, could be different. But yeah, the, for the Chargers, that's tough. Keenan Allen's obviously going to get the majority of the looks in that passing game. He and Justin Herbert were locked in yesterday uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, a game that the Chargers probably could have lost uh, that fourth down. Attempt was pretty embarrassing, but yeah, uh, tough news for Mike Williams and the Chargers. I guess they they hope Austin Eckler returns sooner than later. Uh, he obviously missed that game. Josh Kelly didn't do a whole lot in the run game, so for Austin Eckler owners, you're probably hoping he gets back there sooner than later. In the text line, no name on this one, but for me, McDaniel's choice was a fireball offense. Yeah, I mean it. It, it was a head scratcher, and like I like I tried to justify what he was doing. In, I'm sure in his head he said, either way we need a stop and a touchdown. Even if, you know, they score a touchdown, well, I guess then you just need the two-point conversion. It's it's tough to really defend it. It's, it's a tough move to defend. He took the points that were there, trusted his defense to get a stop, and yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the uh, the Raiders. They got the Chargers next week in Los Angeles. Uh, Imitation Tom says I'd lean Palmer over Johnson. Johnson was only taking twenty five percent of the snaps before Williams went down, meaning that Palmer was already above him on the charts. Yeah, Joshua Palmer. You know when Keenan Allen slides into the slot, he's usually the guy out wide. Uh, Quinton Johnson is going to get his opportunities. He's he's a guy who's got better speed than Palmer, a little bit better size. Doesn't really high point the ball in a way that Mike Williams did, uh, but a guy who is good after the catch, at least at the collegiate level. We'll see if that translates to the NFL level, uh, but we'll see. Spaghetti says, good thing the Vikings didn't go with the Raider strategy at the end of the game with field goals because another brilliant fourth and one by Staley would have lost in the game. I actually didn't mind the decision to go for it by Brandon Staley. It's It's one yard. You got faith in your offense to get it. I mean, you should be able to get one yard in the NFL. My problem was that you took the ball out of Justin Herbert's hand, who was absolutely slinging it. They couldn't stop that connection to Keenan Allen. And you ran a play designed for a fullback with Josh Kelly, who had like two steps to get going, didn't work. I don't. I didn't mind the, the play calling. I like the aggressiveness. Obviously, the field position was a little bit of a head scratcher and probably made the decision tougher than it would have been. But yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't have a problem with the the choice. I had a problem with the play call. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, whether it be like how is every team 
not at this point, doing what the Eagles do on whatever down in short or whatever down in goal and just leaning forward, getting your big boys in behind your quarterback, the tush push, it is proven to work basically without fail. And I know every team doesn't have an O-line like the Eagles do, but you need a yard, sometimes not even. You need inches. Why are you trying to make it more complicated than it needs to be? And even if you didn't want to do that, like you said, Justin Herbert was dealing all day. Just a quick little swing out, dump it off to Keenan Allen, who simply could not miss uh, yesterday. Like, there was a lot. Of, I, I honestly think if that if they did not end up winning that game, I think Brandon Staley would very likely be getting fired this morning. Left in Minnesota. Probably. <laughs> and because <laughs> it, like I said, the choice to go for it, he's he's an aggressive coach. That's what he has been since he came in. He's he's veered away from it from times, confusingly. But he, if that's what he wants to do, the offense, he trusts them. Okay. But give them, put them in a position to succeed and yeah. make the conversion. That play call did not do that. And I don't know if it was him or new OC Kellen Moore, who whoever was responsible. But it's it's Brandon Staley's call at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, like they, I think he is very, very lucky that the Minnesota Vikings are in a world of confusion and hurt and problems because otherwise I think this would be a very different uh, conversation here on Monday morning for the Chargers on top of the bad injury news they've already got. Well, I mean, if they lost, we wouldn't be talking about it simply. We just would move on like it never happened. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Brandon Staley's defense, Kenneth Walker, or Kenneth, oh, I forgot, Kenneth Murray. Mm. He's in my bad books, so I just call him (laughs) K-9. Yeah, he, he made the play at the end of the game. Staley's defense finally does something, but uh, it was off uh, kind of a doink and yoink, so... We'll, we'll move on from that one. Uh, we'll get to the text line after. I, I see Pillman. I see a 403. I see Imitation Tom. Uh, we'll, we'll bring those up uh, in the third segment right now that we will take a break because we are very excited to have Paul Kelly join us. He, of course, with Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius Channel 87 and the Sirius XM app. Uh, we're going to bring him in next for the Canadian Brew House. Answer your questions. Look at the game tonight. I got questions. The Eagles have so many options. Who Who is the best threat to do it consistently from a fantasy football perspective? Devontae Smith got in the end zone last game. A.J. Brown didn't. A.J. Brown looked a little frustrated with Jalen Hurts. Uh, we'll ask about that. We'll ask about a Mike Williams replacement and much, much more. It is Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas, presented by Willock Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Brandon and I will make our walk down there after the show today and uh, stock up the Sports 1440 fridge. Once again, of course, you can always join in the conversation, 1-833-401-1440. We're going to pump our tires here for a second, Brandon. Pillman says, Ford got me 16 points, boys, and I sat Burrow and played Pickett because I was up 11 and didn't know if Joe would play, and I finally won. LOL. Thanks to you, boys. No, Pillman, you won to yourself. We we just observe things and try to give you the best advice we can, but uh, don't give us credit for your wins because we don't want credit for your losses when they inevitably happen. Okay, let's get to our Fantasy Wizards brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the Canadian Brew House for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I'll be at the North Edmonton location tonight. So we've got two games, Eagles, Bucks, and then the Rams and Bengals out in Cincinnati. Our Fantasy Wizard today, 
bringing him in from Series X and Fantasy Sports Radio, Paul Kelly. You can catch Paul weekday mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern on Fantasy Sports Series XM Channel 87 and the Series XM app. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, but Fantasy Wizard, I don't know that I can live up to that kind of billing, guys. Well, you know what? We <laughs> we heap praise on our guests here, and we hope they can live up to it. I, I know you can. I know you can do this, Paul, we, and we really appreciate you coming on this morning uh, out here. I know it's the afternoon where you are, but uh, let, let's start with this one. The Philadelphia Eagles, when you look at their, their options from a fantasy perspective, uh, they've got quite a bit. Obviously, a couple of receivers, a tight end, running backs uh, showing up, making plays. Uh, going forward here, who do you think is going to be the most consistent fantasy football player for, for the owners out there? Yeah, I mean, it's it, you're right. I mean, there are lots of options in Philly, lots of good ones, too. And, you know, you got those two dynamic receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Uh, Dallas Goddard, a tight end, has been disappointing so far. They haven't utilized him as much as they did last year, so we, we'd like to see him pick it up. And then the backfield, I mean, it's it's anybody's guess right now because you had Kenny Gainwell, week one, owned this Philadelphia backfield. Then he got injured, and then in week two it was all DeAndre Swift. We're going to get both of those guys tonight, so hopefully we'll learn a little something about how the Eagles intend to use those two guys moving forward. But to your question, as far as the most consistent guy, for me, it's probably Devontae Smith. I mean, even A.J. Brown, for as good as he is and as physically imposing as he can be, he's a little bit up and down. But Devontae Smith seems to be the most consistent guy on this offense. When we look at the other game tonight, uh, the L.A. Rams heading to Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Uh, The Joe Burrow owner is a little bit of concern. I think last year there was a slow start there as well. Uh, what do you look at when you see Joe Burrow obviously battling a little bit of an injury as well? Do you think he can regain that fantasy form that he had down the stretch last year? Yeah, you certainly hope so. I mean, it's a question as to whether or not he plays in this game tonight. And hopefully fantasy managers with Joe Burrow uh, have made contingency plans. Uh, you know, like that listener that you just talked about who started Kenny Pickett. That certainly worked out for him. Um, so he's a game-time decision tonight. We'll see if he goes. The calf is an issue and has been an issue throughout the first couple of weeks here. So you wonder if maybe you're better off kind of sitting them down and, and trying to get them right physically. Um, but look, he, he hasn't been very good the first couple of weeks. I do feel like the calf is, is a major contributor to that. To your question, can he regain form? Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. We know that. Uh, and look, the Bengals are potentially staring 0-3 in the face tonight, guys, if they don't win this game. So I think ultimately he will be out there. He certainly has an elite group of weapons to work with there. So uh, we're going to hope for the best, but it certainly has been a disappointing start. Paul Kelly of Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Paul Kelly Tweets. Uh, Paul, tough one for the LA Chargers yesterday. Obviously, they get the win, but lose Mike Williams. Looks like it's going to be for the remainder of this season. We've had a few people text into the show already asking about replacements, and there's Joshua Palmer. You've got the rookie Quentin Johnston. Probably some names out there, but if you were looking at Palmer versus Johnston, is there is there a player you would opt to uh, pick up on the waiver wire or look to trade for? Yeah, I think in the short term, it's got to be Josh Palmer. He has been running ahead of Johnston so far this season. He's seeing more snaps. He's seeing more targets. Uh, so he would be the guy in the short term. And obviously he's got uh, the experience of, of being with the club and being in the league a couple of years. But they did use a first-round pick on Quentin Johnston, and this is the, the opportunity that, that he's been waiting for. I mean, preseason, we kind of identified this uh, this whole situation and said that he may need an injury in front of him. 
in order to get the opportunity to see a lot of snaps in this offense, well, here we are. Mike Williams is out for the year with a torn ACL. So I think in the short term you want Josh Palmer, but I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season Johnson wasn't having some big games. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints right now, obviously a tough one for Derek Carr and the injury. We'll see how long or if he's going to miss any time. But they do get Alvin Kamara back from that three-game suspension. Uh, I know some people drafted him later in their draft, kind of store him on the bench, waiting for his return. Uh, what can we expect out of him? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he is coming back at just the right time here because Jamal Williams is on injured reserve now. You mentioned Derek Carr. We'll, we'll see about his status moving forward here. And yesterday against the Packers, they had to roll with Tony Jones, who's basically a practice squad guy, and rookie Kendra Miller, who hadn't played a whole lot up to that point. So they need Kamara. I think he'll be a focal point of the offense once he comes back. He's probably somebody that you're going to slot in there as your, your second running back, especially in a full-point PPR league, and you'll be happy that you have him. Our guest is Paul Kelly here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Paul coming to us from Sirius XM in the Fantasy Show. Uh, Paul, a couple of questions for you about maybe some uh, speculation about whether players can consistently do what they did this weekend or if they're just kind of flashing the pants, starting with the trouncing that happened uh, with the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. Devon A-Chain got a lot of targets, a lot of touches, and he made good with it. Is A-Chain a guy moving forward that you think is actually worth starting, or was this kind of a flash in the pan and uh, he's going to have to wait for more opportunities, in addition to the fact Jeff Wilson is going to be coming back in the fold here pretty soon? Well, we certainly can't anticipate four touchdowns every week out of this kid, <laughs> but it is amazing because he clearly is a great fit for what the Dolphins want to do offensively here. So 22 opportunities in the game yesterday – that's a huge number for him. I wouldn't expect that level of opportunity for him moving forward. It's just kind of the way this game worked out. And, uh, you know, no Savan Ahmed this week. Jeff Wilson's still out. So pretty much was just a chain and Mostert. Um, but moving forward, rest of the season, as you mentioned, Wilson will be back. Ahmed will be back. But based on what we saw yesterday out of Devon A-Chain, he is going to have a weekly role in this offense uh you know maybe call it 10 to 12 opportunities right now so uh, i don't know if he's a must start for fantasy depending on what other backs you have but if you drafted him or grabbed him off the wire at some point over the last couple of weeks you're certainly going to be happy that you have him and i think whatever his role is in week four will probably tell us a lot about what kind of value he may have moving forward yeah, just another incredibly fast, dynamic player to add to that uh, potent Dolphins offense. Uh, next one for you being the Houston Texans. Surprise win over Jacksonville, but maybe not that surprising when you look historically how uh, much success they've had against the Jags team, even as Jacksonville's gotten uh, better and, and become almost a contender-type status team. But C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback, I think we know what we're getting there. There's going to be some ups and downs over the course of the season. But what about play, a player like Tank Dell? Uh, they drafted him pretty high. Uh, they've had a few injuries at the receiver position. He's slotted in. Is he going to continue to see this much volume uh, in terms of yardage and targets? Yeah, I think he's for real. Uh, he's a player that we liked a lot this summer. And, um, you know, he doesn't fit the profile uh, as a guy that, you know, typically comes in and sees a lot of volume and does well with it. But that's exactly what he's done the last couple of weeks. And an interesting story about C.J. Stroud. So at the Combine this year, Stroud uh, met Dell for the first time. I don't know if maybe they were in the same grouping or whatever it was. But after Stroud got drafted by the Texans, he told the Texans brass, go out and get Tank Dell. 
and they did. And so far, the results have been really good. So, yeah, if he's available on the wire, I think you pick him up. I think he's somebody who could be an every-week starter the rest of the way. Just looking at the waiver wire uh, heading into week four, is there anyone that stands out that you think uh, maybe people should take a flyer on here? Um, good question. I mean, uh, you know, the obvious thing would be to look to the, the Charger receivers. As you mentioned there, if Josh Palmer or, or Quinton Johnson are available, I think you need to look to those guys. And for people who are hurting at quarterback, D.J. Stroud, who you just brought up, he's a top-12 quarterback so far. Through the first three weeks of the season, he's been very good. He hasn't played like a rookie. He has not thrown an interception now in any of his first three starts. Uh, I do like the, the weaponry that they have there. Uh, at receiver and at tight end in Houston. And they're also probably going to be trailing in a lot of games this year, which means volume for the quarterback, which is certainly something that we always look for in fantasy. Well, you know what? Uh, we appreciate you hopping on here, Paul. Uh, great insight, and people can check you out with Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Thanks a lot for doing this today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Great show, guys. There you go. That is Paul Kelly of Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Give him a follow on Twitter at Paul Kelly Tweets. You can also hear him weekdays, 7 a.m. Eastern. That's 5 o'clock a.m. our time for those early birds on Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 87, and the Sirius XM app. He was our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. I'm heading to North Edmonton tonight after the show, after the Jason Greger show. I'm going to try to get there for kickoff. I don't know if I'll make it in time, but... This construction over here on the west end around the mall, it makes getting in and out of this area tough, yeah. uh, depending on time of day. But like even when I roll in here at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm still waiting. Traffic's backed up down 87th Avenue here, so I wish you the best of luck in your pursuit uh, to get over there for kickoff uh, time. I'm Well, second game's kickoff, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. Unless yeah. Greg, Gregor's <laughs> keen on uh, letting you dip out about an hour early and running the board himself uh, for the Gregor show, but... I wouldn't anticipate that happening. There is a certain situation arising. I believe it's October 16th where I have to be out in the Fort Sask location or Sherwood Park, one of the two, and the Chargers play. So we've we've made the request out to our friend Brad Slater to potentially come in here and run the board for an hour so I can get there for kickoff. But we'll see. We will see. But yes, I'll be heading out to the Canadian Brew House North location. If you want to come out and join me, uh, they've got great game day prizes. We've been giving away these uh, barbecue meat packages, kind of a tailgate experience. That alone is worth the price of entry, which is nothing. Which is nothing. Yeah, I mean, you could legit just come there, have a beer, courtesy of me, and win a great prize, and potentially go out to the uh, Super Bowl in Las Vegas next year. Not a bad way to spend a Monday night. If you're asking me a couple texts to get to before we jump to break here. No name on this one, but it says, would you guys just accept a trade? Josh Palmer and Gus Edwards for Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. I mean, that I, Josh, Josh Palmer and Gus Edwards, like, okay, they're not bad. But what's Jonathan Taylor going to be when he returns? If he returns, is he he going to play for the Colts when he comes off of the pup list here? Uh, It's coming up on week four. That is the minimum requirement. And by all accounts, he's ready to go. Um, But like, is, is he going to continue to hold out? Uh, There's, uh, there are some teams that are probably maybe interested in acquiring him at this point. I, it, Taylor is such a dynamic player when he's at his best, which we did not see last year, even when he was playing hampered by injury in and out of the lineup. 
He's a guy that I I, own, I drafted him originally as a rookie uh, in my dynasty league, and I've had him for years. He's been a terrific performer, um, even with the up and down last year, still pretty reliable when he's in the lineup. He He's a game-changing type running back when he's at his best, and you're looking at trading him for a couple of like plug-and-play replacement-type level players. Yeah. Nothing against them, but they just are lower on the depth chart. Gus Edwards maybe not so much this year because of the Dobbins injury, but... Yeah, that's that's a tough one I would have uh, justifying. You could end up looking really smart if uh, Taylor comes back and doesn't look like himself or doesn't play whatever, but that's a tough one to pull the trigger on. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens injuries are ridiculous. Just, uh, Justice Hill out, Gus Edwards, you know, <laughs> Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake. It's like ghosts of uh, running back past all these guys on the Ravens team. Uh, I'd consider it, but... If you have Jonathan Taylor, I don't think I'm pulling the trigger quite yet. It's it's risky because he could have success and you don't want to trade him or he could, you know, hold out longer, uh, have a back injury that doesn't pop up on x-rays and just not play. Like, we, we don't know how it will fall out with the Colts. So there's some risk there. I'd consider making that trade, though. Uh, Imitation Tom says, other teams have tried the Eagles QB sneak and the play failed. The Eagles line is just built different. I mean, what we were talking about was the the Chargers situation, and you have Justin Herbert, who's six foot six, two forty. I mean, he should be able to get a yard. He's just got to fall forward. He's like Taylor Cornelius when you're doing the QB sneak; you just lunge forward. They also had uh, their backup center would line up behind Herbert in a formation, and his name is Will Clap. He will clap. So I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's true. The, the Philadelphia Eagles obviously have mastered it. There does have to have a little bit of intuition from the quarterback making the the right read and where he's gonna go but you would think more teams would look into it uh we've got cat dad we've got a no namer we've got chomsker spaghetti craig and red deer we're gonna get to all your texts and more when we come back here on fantasy frenzy you can join the conversation 1-833-401-1440 it's Allie. it's douglas fantasy frenzy brought to you by wilhawk beef jerky here on sports 1440 1141, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. 1833-401-1440 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation. Our show presented always by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. You go to their store, it's not just beef jerky though. They do have sausage, they've got candy, they've got barbecue sauces. They've got a lot of stuff. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, you can come right down here to West Edmonton Mall. You could walk past our studio. You could wave at us, then go get some jerky. Also locations in Spruce Grove and Leduc. And we're not going to talk about Trent's football team today because I think he would prefer we skip it. Uh, the text line is where we want to go to next here. Craig in Red Deer. Oh, lifelong Chiefs fan. Prove it, Craig. Hey, Broncos fans, how's your new coach working out with a smiley face emoji? Yeah, didn't Sean Payton say that Nathaniel Hackett did like the worst coaching job in NFL history last year? Don't think he ever gave up 70 points, though. It's a tough scene in Denver <laughs> right now. Yeah, I, I, I was not. I mean, I, last year. I correctly predicted that the Broncos would be bad. I had a future on them to finish last in the division. I just did not like the um, coaching situation with the Russell Wilson factor, getting away from his good buddy Pete Carroll. This year I thought it would be better. Sean Payton is a really good football coach. But is it Russ? Is Russ the problem? Their defense looks terrible compared mm-hmm. to last year when it was one of the best in the league. It's just a, it is a disaster in Denver right now. I mean, 
Yeah, Fire Vance Joseph is trending on Twitter, <laughs> so obviously it's not good. Broncos fans, some of the best fans in football, very passionate. And yeah, that's just not good enough. We kind of joked like, oh, can can they handle the heat down in Miami? <laughs> they were not ready for that one. And uh, yeah, I, I saw somewhere it was like the Broncos didn't even respect McDaniels enough to give him an interview, kill him with kindness. He scores 70 that wasn't really kind. They ran up the score pretty big time, like 70 points. Yeah, that last field goal that uh, would have tied the NFL record for most points in a game, I believe. And yeah, people say, oh yeah, what a classy move by McDaniels <laughs> to not kick. He's like, they're winning by 50 points already. Like, yeah. And uh, yes, they yes they had some backups in the game, but not all backups <laughs> by any stretch. I mean, eight, eight, or, and this is a good point to bring up. I was just going to say A-Chain coming out this morning that it is A-Chan. A-Chan. Devon Achan. Yeah. So there you go, everybody. Make the adjustments in your own personal media guides uh, moving forward for all your barroom banter, uh, <laughs> talking fantasy with the boys. Devon Achan. Achan. He's, he spoke to the media and said that. It, in the media guide, it was a chain, a chain, but a chan, a chan. One of the mysteries. Uh, Broncos fans, it, it can't get much worse. That's probably the lowest you're going to feel all year. It will get better. Uh, Spaghetti says... I agree. Don't mind the choice to go for it, but field position and the call is terrible. Yeah, that's referring to the Chargers' uh, fourth and one conversion attempt that they failed. The Chargers and Vikings. I mean, I don't got to say it, but we knew that game was going to be a you-know-what show. Like, with just with those two teams, how they handle things, how things go down for them, it was going to be a mess, and uh, it certainly delivered. Okay. Someone send us their team. Look at these drafted running backs. ETN, Algier, Jay Ford. Yeah, some good drafted running backs right there. And then on his bench, Alvin Kamara, who's about to come off suspension. Devon Achan, <laughs> Justice Hill. Yeah. <laughs> what, look, what's the... Ty- Tyreek Hill, who Tyree. could be a running back. Or not, sorry, sorry, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, yeah, that's a, a nice utility guy. <laughs> um, and then, he, I mean, hey, this is a pretty good-looking team. And uh, Chomsker says it's a 12-team league. Uh, when you pair those running backs with what else he's got kicking around here, I think you might be playing against people that have never watched football before, maybe. <laughs> Some of them are just lucky. I mean, 100%. Like the Jerome Ford and uh, um, Justice Hill, Devon yeah. Achan, like those aren't necessarily, like if it weren't for those guys all of a sudden popping off and uh, opportunity due to injury, your top running backs will be Algier, who is RB2, and Travis Etienne, who has not exactly been off to a blazing start with the uh, Jags and losing some touchdown touches to a uh, old tank. Tank Bigsby? Bigsby, yeah. I just know him as Tank. A couple uh, tanks in the uh, AFC South. Hey? Yeah, down in uh, down in Jacksonville. So I th- I like good on you, Chomskers, but I do think he got a little bit fortunate here as well. Or he is a time machine and just knew injuries will happen. These guys are going to go off. Um, here here's one for you. This is for you, Brandon. We'll go NHL from Corey the Fire Guy. Hey guys, hockey question for you. Deep keeper league down to my final keepers, trying to win it all this year. So age doesn't matter. Now, I will say this. Points only. Goals and assists are both worth one point. Tyler Toffoli or Drake Batherson. Now, Batherson with the Senators last year had 62 points in 82 games, but young player, ascending. Tyler Toffoli had 73 points in 82 games with the Flames. Points only. Where are you going? 
This is an intriguing choice. Tyler Toffoli getting the new opportunity down in Jersey. Uh, Going to be playing with some very high-skilled players in that top six. You know, whether it be Jack Hughes, uh, Nico Heischer, maybe not quite as dynamic, but great both ways. Um, if it's just points and you're not concerned about age, you said you're all in, I think I would say Toffoli, but I'd, you can't go wrong here. Batherson is such a, an exciting young player. All part That whole Sens team is. Um Personally, if it is, I, I always opt for younger players myself, mm-hmm. but I think Toffoli, if you're not concerned about that factor at all, I think Toffoli's a better play here. Because um, I think the Sens are going to be rolling like line after line. They, they got players up and down the lineup, whereas the New Jersey, a very top-heavy offense, they got guys to play offense and they got guys to play defense uh, in terms of their forward group or, or grinders, I should say, checkers. So I think I'll say Toffoli, uh, just given what he the opportunity he should have in the top six there with the Devils. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to be playing with Hughes and Brat, like, and, and he's shown that he can do it. He's mm-hmm. done it before, right? Whether, you know, Batherson, I guess you're kind of hoping for the upside, playing with Tarasenko maybe this year? Yeah, that's an intriguing um, option too, right? Like, yeah, it's it's really good options. I think I'm with you to Foley and then maybe look to draft Batherson. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, good little problems there. I'll uh, keep those questions coming. one 401 Obviously, we've got a little bit more NFL today. Uh, Lance says the Denver Broncos saving Josh McDaniel's job with the Raiders. I mean, I hope it doesn't affect it. AFC West, Staley, McDaniels, Sean Payton. Questionable coaches right now. I mean, we'll see if Payton could turn it around, but McDaniels and uh, Brandon Staley, certainly confusing. And there's the Chiefs laughing with Andy Reid. <laughs> One of but, the greats. But are the Chiefs now without their heir apparent after uh, Eric Bieniemy parting to uh, head over to Washington? Where I mean, the the Commanders' offense has looked pretty good, surprisingly so, I think, to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, back down to earth a little bit this weekend, playing a good a good team uh, in Buffalo. But um, yeah, Josh McDaniels, a former coach of the Broncos, kind of surprised he got another head coaching job because the first time around did not go very good. And, uh, yeah, the, the entire AFC West scratching their heads a little bit with some of their guys. I still think Brandon Staley is a good coach. He just might have to get out of his own way sometimes. <laughs> Sean Payton is a good coach still. You know, the track record proves it. Josh McDaniels, though, I think a pretty easy fourth out of four uh, in that category. Yeah, I, I would think so. First first time around didn't go well, like you said. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the enemy, I don't know if he's going to get serious consideration for a head coach. He hasn't yet. It seems like he's interviewed a lot of times and never got hired. And so for a long time, it was cons- like, is he turning them down because he's happy to stay in Kansas City and then eventually take over for Andy Reid? But then all of a sudden it's becoming like, well, no, they're not offering him these jobs because whether it be through the interview process or what he tells them his vision is for their team moving forward, it's just teams aren't willing to take the bite on it. Mm-hmm. But now he finally decides to move elsewhere. And you know, another older coach that is probably on the closer to the end of the career than the start in Ron Rivera with Washington. Maybe that's where he, he lands, uh, got some um, promises from management or whatever the case. But now with new ownership, that might not be the same. There's a lot of a lot of question marks when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, even though he's a very good OC. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I always said I think there's more to it. I also think that Matt Nagy looked like a good OC with he was the OC behind... Uh, Andy Reid didn't work out in Chicago. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was a good OC in Green Bay. Didn't work out with the Broncos. I mean, I, I think we're just kind of like, you know, you have to factor in who are they playing with? Is it Mahomes? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Does the head coach do the majority of the play calling? 
I, I think there's more to it to just assume because it was a good OC that that's just going to translate. When you're with Hall of Fame quarterback talent, it doesn't mean it's going to work wherever you go. And it certainly didn't work for Nagy with the Bears. Didn't work for Hackett with the Broncos. Anyways, let's get back into the text line. Chomskers says he knew that his... Man, Chomskers, well, why weren't you sharing that fantasy information with me? I would have loved A-Chan on my roster this week. I wish you should have told me Raiders should have kept Rick Basaccia as their head coach. That comes from Lance. Yeah, I thought Basaccia had the team going in the right direction. It seemed like the players really liked him. He got them into the playoffs, and then they just threw it all away. Rick Basaccia, great football mind, special teams coordinator for a long time in the NFL. Harbaugh with the Ravens started off as a special teams coordinator, and he's become one of the most consistent head coaches in the NFL. So I wonder if Basaccia will ever get there. How about that uh, during the Ravens game? Uh, there was a little head like um, match play, or was it the Ravens game? Maybe I'm misremembering. There was some moves by the coaches where they were trying to, um, yeah, Colts-Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts said they were going to go for it on fourth down. Uh, they switched the units, the field goal for the offense. But then since Harbaugh has allowed the substitution still, he takes his time substituting the players. Play clock runs out on the Colts. And they end up having to take the delay game penalty, kick the field goal anyway, like a little uh, mono a mono head coaching action there. <laughs> Who knows the rules better? And Jim Harbaugh's done that a lot. We've seen uh, Vrabel do it going up against his old, um, as a disciple of Bill Belichick, something that Belichick's been known to play with a lot, the rules of the game and how to eliminate time and fast forward the clock, things like that. So I, that was just one thing that triggered in my mind when you're talking about special teams and Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, reminded me of that from this past weekend. Uh, as you were saying that, I'm just watching a video, uh, Sauce Gardner posting. He says, posting this so I don't get fined. Uh, he threw Mac Jones to the ground after the whistle, and he's saying that Mac Jones hit him in the private parts. Oh. So Mac Jones, known dirty player, True. for the record. I mean, he he hook slides, he sticks feet out, he, he does some... Some stuff and Sauce Gardner trying to <laughs> avoid a fine. Mac Jones would have played for Duke if he was a basketball player. Yeah. And he would He's, have been so smug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. McCorkle. <laughs> good player at Alabama. Very good player. One eight three three four zero one is the text line if you want to get a question or thought in quickly. Uh, Braden says, guys, does Justin Fields need a new coach, GMOC, or is he just that bad? I don't think any quarterback will ever have success in Chicago. I don't like Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl there, I know. Uh, they got to the Super Bowl. Who was their quarterback when they got to the Super Bowl? He just wanted to party. That was pre-Cutler. It was post. I actually don't even remember. Was, was it, uh, what's Dulwich? Is that a guy's name? Was uh, he a quarterback? This is a great radio. I don't <laughs> believe so. Uh, well, well uh, Connor looks that up. I'll, uh, oh, Rex Grossman. Yes. There Rex we go. Grossman. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Texter. <laughs> Our brain's uh, failing us here. I think Grossman was like planning a party the next day rather than worried about the Super Bowl. But the Bears, I don't know. I go on to the point. I just, I don't know how they have success with their quarterbacks. Like, it just seems like whoever they draft, it just doesn't work out. I love Justin Fields. Coming out of Ohio State, thought he was fantastic. I'm sure there's some Michigan fans out there that'll just say Ohio State quarterbacks don't have it, but. I was a big CJ fan. CJ Stroud? He looks good. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Uh, thank you to the texter there for sending that one in. Here comes the music. Uh, up next here on Sports 1440, we got the lowdown with Low Tide today. 
Uh, they'll be on from noon until 2. Then at 2 o'clock, it is the Jason Greger Show. Terry Ryan will be co-hosting. We've got Robin Brownlee, Cam Tate, David Alter, talk a little Maple Leafs. We've got Matt Schneider of CBS Sports to talk some Major League Baseball spec. And Kevin Woodley of Ingle Magazine. That's 2 o'clock. You can watch that on a YouTube or uh, listen across Sports 1440's massive network. That'll do it for us on the show today. Big thank you to our guest, Paul Kelly, for hopping on. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Speaking of them, let's get to an update brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.